Skatchel. Ominous. Don't call it a comeback. We now cross live to Derek McInnes for his comments. Derek? So, yeah, that was Derek McInnes there, uh, latest from his uh, post-match. An exclusive interview for We Have No Cares. I'm actually quite quite pleased. That was a coup. Yeah, delighted by that one. Yeah. Uh, we are We Have No Cares. We are a Heart of Midlothian podcast. I am Nicole Hay. And I am Robert Borthwick. Uh, yes, uh, we're, we're, we're just just the two of us today to bring you the, the hot reaction from every good thing the Scottish Cup has brought us over the last few days. Good lord, what a few 72 hours it's been. It's, it's <laughs> been a roller coaster of emotion. Hasn't it just? A big happy emotion though. Yeah. That's my, my favourite kind of emotion. Well, let's start, let's start at 5.30pm on Saturday and, and, and roll right through it. Bog roll right through it if you're an Aberdeen fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, um... they're bringing back the mid-noughties. They're not quite as nostalgic as they were before. They've gone back to the whole bog roll thing which they did like, when they were absolutely appalling um, through the noughties. I never thought about it before, but was that like some sort of like metaphorical protest that they were making about the, the state of their team in the mid-noughties? I, I don't know. I, I think it's, they maybe just knew what their team was going to produce on the day. So they're like, <laughs> right, we, we've done this before. Yeah, here you go, Derek. Wipe this up. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, so the big news uh, pre-game was uh, the, the exciting, uh, well, the exciting solid formation Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, it, was, it excited me because, uh, as I've said before on this podcast, I am a big, big fan of the patented Jim Jeffries hybrid four four two, one winger, unbalanced three central midfielders, stodge it up but attack when you can. Yeah. Glory, and that's that's what we had, Robert. We had, we did, and we had Arnold Jim. Sort of mm-hmm. as the, the thrust, the box-to-box, if you will. Miguel Payardo was the anchor. He was indeed, and Prince Brabant was the man on the right. The shuttler. Yes, yes indeed. The, the Callum Patterson support, or if you will, mm-hmm. the Gavin Riley support. He just, he just did everything. Just, just the support. All action, Prince. My emotional support. Absolutely. And Gets then, me through the day. And then we had Blasey Augustine playing as a box-to-box as well. <laughs> <laughs> just doing his own fucking... I love him, he's like G.I. Joe. He just, he just <laughs> fires off. Oh, that fucking is great. Everybody, just everyone was running. There was a lot. There was a lot of running in that team. So much energy. I mean, that's that's the closest I've seen us to. Uh, sorry, the closest I've seen us this season to how we performed last season. Mm. Just endless energy. I'm pretty but, sure I saw Neil Alexander making a support sprint at one point. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. yeah it, it just it, it happened, and um, yeah, it's the closest I've I've seen us play to how we did last season. We we didn't tire. I mean, Gavin yeah. Riley, I think, had to be sort of carted off the pitch at the end because he put that much into. Into the game, it was it was wonderful from start to finish. No, it especially wasn't. the finish, but we'll get to that. We certainly will, right? Um, so let's well, let, let's uh, let's lavish a bit of individual praise first. Uh, first, then before we hit some of the uh, the moments of the match, um, uh, like see, so um, we managed to get our four best defenders into our back four, which yep. was nice. Um, I was maybe a little trepidatious about um, putting Igor out, back out to left back, seeing how brilliant he's been at centre half in recent weeks and um, 
while he was okay in left back in his first few appearances this season, he wasn't. He, like the, the the header remained unscorched. Yeah, it was completely intact. But he was he was wonderful on Saturday. He was, and you know, I, I think if we're talking about Rossi, we have to talk about Patterson as well, because if we're talking about Aberdeen, you're talking about Hayes and McGinn. And those guys were on yeah. the wings and they swapped so That was many... quite a journey, but you took me on it and I'm glad we arrived at a point that I yeah. understood. Yeah, right. they, they swapped so many times that yeah. you can't say, oh, it was Rossi versus McGinn, it was Rossi versus Hayes. Both the fullbacks were absolutely superb. Patterson could fly up the right because Rossi is not an attacking-minded player. Mm. He was always going to stay sort of as an anchor at the back alongside Augustine and uh, Ozturk. Um, but yeah, the way that he just, he was so calm in defending Hayes and McGinn are total live wires but he would just pluck the ball off them play the easy pass and then go back to his his wee cave at left back and he just no one was allowed outside his cave or even inside it it was a very secure cave that Igor Rossi kept my favourite type Uh, but um, um, even then like uh, when he did have room or or, or the inclination to get forward he, he combined really well with sort of short passes with Nicholson and things like that and and moved his way forward. It was like watching a slow-mo version of the McHattie, uh, Nicholson, Golden Days. Yeah, I think it's just the, the balance that was struck was absolutely bang on the cash because yeah. you've got Nicholson uh, in front of a defensive fullback, you've got Boabin in front of an attacking fullback. Yeah. And that just allows, you know, so much... Um, interchange, like exactly. overlapping, like uh, one player takes the responsibility, the other player uh, supports, yeah. and, and vice versa. Yes. Exactly, and you've got the tracking back and the work rate of Nicholson as well mm. to help Rossi. And yeah, just the whole back line was, was absolutely flawless on the day, really. Um, mm. Aberdeen weren't allowed much, any great chance apart from one for Rooney in the second half and Considine, but I'm still convinced he was offside for his absolute sitter. Considine made several fuck ups in that game. He's just one big fuck up. (laughs) Oh, oh, it's it's glorious that like a quite decent Aberdeen team are still carrying a player like Andrew Considine. I know, right? (laughs) Yeah. And Willow Flood didn't touch the ball until he twanged his hammy for the 90th time in his career. Uh, well, like I said, I, I was saying to Pilch, I, I think he actually just got hit with the crushing realisation that he is Willow Flood and this is his actual life. I think it probably hit Aberdeen. Maybe he reflection somewhere. <laughs> probably <laughs> so went, Who's that ghoul? Oh my God. <laughs> it probably hit Aberdeen about the same time as Payardo hit Flood that Willow Flood <laughs> is their hard man. <laughs> he, he's their scary man in the midfield. Well, he's he's half there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it was ah, back line. Sorry, that's where we were. Yeah, yeah. Well, we, we, we're we, just we're just flowing effortlessly here throughout the team. But yeah. Well, like, we 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 covered Igor. We've covered uh, Patterson with his his flying raids. Uh, shall we shall we slather a bit on uh, on Boage and Dushtuk? I want to make the point now, and I don't know if you have any counter argument to this. Mm-hmm. that that is the most handsome centre-half pairing that we have ever had at Heart of Midlothian Football Club. Ali Mostert's got his hair back and his wee beard. Boaz Augustine just oozes sex appeal. I don't know, Levine and Hogg were pretty... Oh! <laughs> That's a lie! That is a lie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, what about uh, Paul Ritchie and David Weir? Yeah, seriously, that I'm, I'm just... I think I'm right. I don't think anyone will disagree. It's, with me. it's very difficult to uh, to deny it at all. Uh, like Presley had some rugged charm about him, but like no, we've not had anyone to the with the continental grip. 
That said, actually, when um, uh, Gonçalves played a, a centre half at times, he's he was a very good looking man. That's true, alongside the strong jawline of Marius Alucas as well. Eh? Yeah, no, I can yeah. I can see that, but they're not even close. I mean, Adam really must have thought he was coming up against an Abercrombie and Fitch catalogue <laughs> yesterday. Uh, sorry, Saturday. Uh, with Callum Patterson on the right as well. He's just got like really uh, really surprised. We looked down; they weren't wearing chinos. Callum, pa- <laughs> <laughs> Callum Patterson is Jack Wills as fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, aside from the incredible looks um, Ozturk looked like he hadn't missed a game this season he just sli- he slid right in there and he was night flawless. and day from his uh, his performance in his uh, previous outing against yeah. Sunday United absolutely he just he looked so calm so assured it was the Ali Ozturk that we saw last season yeah. the one that outshone Danny Wilson the one that could take it down under pressure find easy pass it maybe frustrates some people that he just passes it to Rossi or passes it to Patterson but that's why we've got the absolute nutcase that is Boise Augustine, because he'll just fire forward. Well, that was it. It was the um, it, it was the combination of the uh, the Aline that we saw in preseason working alongside Boise, like the the one that sort of went right. He's the nutter now. I've got to be the <laughs> one that sits back. I'll screw this nut of mine, and uh, I will be absolutely dandy. But I think it also helps that we've got basically our captain and vice captain playing together at centre half. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of leadership in that backline there as well. Patterson doesn't shirk away from anything. Igor Rossi is vocal enough. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, I was sitting right down the bottom of section Z, and Igor Rossi is quite a loud man. Um, Excellent. Doesn't really speak much of the Queens, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he certainly gets his point across. Um, and yeah, just having a very organised, very vocal, very competitive backline. Uh, nothing was getting past them. It was it was a joy. Uh, so, and we touched upon it briefly, but uh, Miguel Payardo. Back, back, and looking looking a lot more like Miguel Payardo. Absolutely, I, I think a lot of people, including myself, were slightly worried uh, mm-hmm. when we saw his inclusion. But it made sense, seeing as Gomez was still suspended because yep. of his red card last year against uh, Celtic. We had zero central midfielders on the bench. Oh, we had none. Yeah, not one. Not even one. Imagine we had to play Ustur up there. <sighs> Unfortunately, Miguel uh, was able to see it through like the absolute fucking pro he is. Oh, what a pro he is. Uh, you, you touched on it before we started recording, and I'm maybe coming slightly more round to your way of thinking. He didn't start the game excellently. Mm-hmm. Um, he, was, he was maybe caught a wee bit by the pace of Shinny. Definitely. Um, he, it was a foul on Shinny that got him his yellow card. When um, he was done for pace, all ends up. Yes, and I think it's widely down to his reaction that Graham Shinney was non-existent until he was put at left back yeah. where he continued to be non-existent that's the worst I've ever seen Graham Shinney play he was fucking awful absolutely he was anonymous and that's because Payardo had his number straight away he kicked him yeah he got a yellow card yeah but then he knew exactly what Shinney was going to do every time the amount of times that Payardo dispossessed found the easy pass inside to Doom or you know even trying to find the, the channels for Riley or so it was fantastic. And that's the Miguel Payardo that we saw last season. And yeah. I think that if he can do it consistently at that level, then he's an absolute must sign for a new contract. Definitely. I think my only um, concern about him when we were sort of in this uh, period of flux where he wasn't quite fit and we hadn't really seen whether or not he could actually play at this level uh, was that maybe his pace would expose him um, against uh, like quality premiership opponents. But you, like you said, once he played his way into the game, you saw his game intelligence, which is just so high for this division. Yeah, uh, meant that he he was easily just you know moving to the right places before he was required. You look at that Aberdeen midfield. Um, it started as Flood, Shinny, McLean. Yeah, and then it went to uh, Pollitt, McLean, 
and it was just Paul and McLean actually. Yeah, well, eventually they went four four two when yeah. uh, Goodwillie came on. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that there's no slouches in there. These yeah. are all fast guys. These are all intelligent footballers. Aberdeen midfield, on occasions this season, has been an absolute joy to watch because they move it so quickly. Payardo's positioning, which we know is one of his strengths and his ability to read the game, saw him through it. And I don't have any doubt in my mind now that he's good enough at this level. Absolutely, no doubt in my mind. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, Prince Blavin was excuckling in the sort of shuttling role. I thought he right. was great. It's definitely not his strongest position. No. Um, I, I think that's maybe, if, if we're going to persist with that formation, could maybe do with a player. I've got an idea, of A player. Maybe a, maybe a diabetic footballer <laughs> who's not getting much game time for his current team. God, does anyone fit that bill? Is there anyone that maybe their parent club would feel inclined to loan him to us just in order to get it right up both the club that he used to play for and the club that wanted to sign him? Yes. Yes, there is, isn't there? <laughs> there is, there is, yeah. Well, well, Wouldn't it be delightful if we could get Scott Allen on loan to, I, just, to fill out our midfield? It really would, mainly for the huge amount of butthurt that would come from <laughs> Hibs and Rangers. But yeah, he would fit that formation perfectly, but... Being realistic, which is a shame. I don't like doing it. And it's not much like this podcast to be realistic. No. However, uh, that, that so you're going to say Tony Cruz, right? Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Cool. Uh, that's probably not going to happen. But I think that formation certainly worked against Aberdeen. And if it works against one of the best teams in the league, mm-hmm. and they are, I think they had an off day. I'm not going to lie. I, I, oh, we they were, weren't at their best. We were excellent. Yeah. But they had an off day. Um, but if that formation works against a team that can move it as quickly as Aberdeen, you're looking at St Johnston and Ross County have those same sort of tactics. They've got the fast wingers, they've got the driving midfielders, and they've got strikers who can finish, and that's who they're ultimately trying to feed. They're the two teams behind us. Well, if it's a formation that can work against a four-two-three-one, basically. Well, the thing about it is, is it brings out the strengths of all our, our other players having that like sort of um, uh, combo central midfielder, uh, that the role that Prince played. Because it allows Gavin Riley to play off our front man, whether or not it's so or Juanma. It allows one of our wingers to stretch the play. It allows Patterson to, to have like the full flank to charge down. Um, as much as I love having two wingers when we in the times that we've done it, when we've like seen like King and Nicholson and or Walker on form in the times when it's happened, it's difficult to get away with that against a lot of teams at this level because it does leave the midfield too exposed and we don't have like if we had like an incredibly strong central midfield pairing then we could get away with playing two wingers but none of our central midfielders are so strong individually that they can be a collective as a two put three of them in there and we can compete with basically any midfield in the division I would argue that Arnold June could do the job of 11 men and in fact we should just play him by himself and that will yield positive results for Hartman Lothian Football Club I don't it's a strong tactical thought it's an innovative tactical thought that's why I'm going right to the top Nicole <laughs> <laughs> right to the top absolutely yeah straight up the ziggurat mm. um, cool uh, Arnold June then oh, isn't you... he well, I think he is he's good isn't he <laughs> he really is and we get to keep him Wait, for, for ages now oh, like three years he's ours he's good isn't he he's so good he had a little bit of a dip after he signed that contract but my god was this a return to form ah oh, he was phenomenal in that role he was ah oh, his touch his pace definitely his strongest position uh, I mean he can, yes. he can play the number 10 he can play like the holding midfielder but this all yeah. energy yeah I'm, I'm going to get in all your faces every single one of you 
Y'all. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. It was it was the point where and he was running right towards me and I really wish it had been in slow motion so I could just enjoy <laughs> it even more. But Niall McGinn was winning the race and Niall McGinn is fast as fuck. And Arnold Jim just went right past him. Right past him and won the ball before him. And that just showed his athleticism as much as anything else. That's that's not even looking at what he did when he actually was on the ball. Um when he was actually on the ball, his close control, uh, which we saw obviously when he first signed winning mm. the penalty against Park Thistle um, all that kind of fun stuff. It's phenomenal. The way he can just find himself, even two yards of space, and he can look up, he can find the pass. Um, I'd like to see him maybe have a wee shot on goal more often because, he well, certainly... He's got the technique and he's got a, a decent dig on him. Certainly Aberdeen were standing off him a lot uh, yeah. when he was coming forward. I think he was maybe a slightly unknown quantity for them. Um, they didn't quite know how to play him. But his effort levels, his work rate, his passion, even through the 90 minutes, was just his lovely phenomenal. face. His lovely wee face. Yeah, yeah, his wee pixie ears. It's lovely. Mm. And he's good, and we get to keep him. All, all great facts. Yep. Uh, Sam Nicholson, uh, much first better in the first was, half uh, than the second. Yeah, he's, he's one of these players now. Like, I, I go on like Pine Bovril board, like the uh, message board and all that kind of stuff, and like. It's interesting to see. I think we're maybe starting to take Sam for granted a wee bit. Yeah, Because yeah, there's so yeah. many Hearts fans saying, like, oh, you can do so much better. You can do better with that. Oh, you, you sort of floated in and out of the game. And I look at fans of other teams saying, that Nicholson, by the way, oh, what a player he is. And they're all just gushing over him constantly. And, yeah, I think we may need, maybe need to take a wee step back with Sam and not expect as much as we saw like last season against Cloggers and Rangers. He is, he, <laughs> he is still very, very young, yeah. uh, like, which is something we can say about basically all our players. Another factor of that is the fact that we've got, you know, three wingers and it's quite possible that Sam's not even the best of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's he's just... I think we, we should really enjoy him while he's still here. Because I think this summer... I'm not, I'm not going to put a negative slant on the podcast, but this summer I think it's going to be quite difficult for us seeing some favourites leave, etc. Yeah. But I think we need to enjoy him while he's here because he, his close control, his dribbling, his pace, his shooting, everything... He's just, he's a fantastic Two fitness. Player. Yeah, and... His boy band hair. His... Oh, no. <laughs> but... Yeah. His high quality sleeve tattoos. Yeah, sure. I mean, if, if we've got Abercrombie and Fitch at the back, we're looking mm-hmm. at, you know, sports director on the left wing there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's, he's just so, so wonderful to watch it so many times. And he, he was getting the best of Shea Logan. Um, I think that was actually a really fair battle between the two of them because mm-hmm. Logan got the better of him a few times as well. Um, but yeah, another good performance, another outball, another way that we could release the pressure on ourselves is giving Nicholson the ball, because he rarely loses it. A fair question, one for quite a little way down the line, um, after uh, Walker finally went in for surgery that's probably been much needed for quite some time now. Um, but when Walker is back, arguably, like in a vacuum, a better player than Sam, but... Uh, do you think he would be able to do the, the tracking back that Sam does in that formation? Well, I think... Yes, after having seen him last season, uh, obviously it was well documented at the start of last season that he was not first choice. Billy King and Sam Nicholson were in there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people were expecting Jamie Walker to be the man you know, making the difference, and he, he wasn't to start with. And then I think that was the rocket up his arse that he really needed, because after that, when he was playing on the wing, when he was playing in midfield, he was tracking back, his energy, his work rate was incredible. And I think, yeah, I think he can. I think he can do that, but... I th- maybe slightly more towards him being more of a drifting number 10 in a four-two-three-one rather than the man out wide left in a 
Yeah. And Jim Jeffries, as we'll just keep calling it yeah. now. And um, JJ. Yes. JJ, 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 JJ. I'm not sure how many JJs were in there. I really didn't think this bit through. You didn't, you didn't. But we'll, we'll gloss over it. But we'll, you know, we'll go past it. Options, lovely. Indeed. We haven't even talked about Billy King. It was also pretty great. I love Billy King. He's yeah. great. Just oh. makes goals. He just does. He just does. Next player, Gavin Riley. Gavin Riley. No, he was good. And I think that, like... On the ball, this maybe wasn't his most productive mm-hmm. uh, evening, but yep. I just think he's such a key to why we're playing well. He's such a key to the good things we do because his pressing, his energy, everything about him just allows us to play football, allows us to play as a team. Because his, he almost like you can almost see Osman so guilted into chasing defenders <laughs> down as well because he sees Riley's just sprinted twenty yards across the line. And he thinks, oh, fuck, right, okay, well, I better go and do this myself. And that, that allows our midfield to push up, stops them from playing football. That's where your long ball comes from, and we'll snap that up every time with the players we have. Rarely has a player managed to turn around my opinion of him in such a short space of time as Gavin Riley has done over the last three games. I called it. You did, you did, to be absolutely fair. But, well, to be fair, my, my opinion wasn't, oh, he's rubbish. My opinion was, I have no opinion of this guy. I just don't see what he's good at. I think he's quite young. I think he's going to need, like... A good few seasons to to become who he is. Yeah. Uh, but then, like you you called, he got a, a shot at his actual position, and we saw it. Yeah. And so now, just a few games later, I'm of the opinion that our best front two is Riley and and either So or Wanma. Yeah. Uh, because probably in a vacuum, So and Wanma are better players than Riley. You put a lot of things in vacuums, Nicole. I do. I do. I do. It's it's the best way to uh, preserve them. Yeah, probably. Uh, and also, uh, sound doesn't escape. So, you know, you can't hear them screaming <laughs> because they're in a vacuum. Um, yeah, um, but, um, but the thing about So and Guama is, is that while they're, they're different styles of players, certainly like different types of skills and different like, ways they approach the game, they're both at their most effective in similar areas of the pitch. Yeah. So if you're playing both of them in a partnership, logically at any one time, one of them is not playing to his best capabilities. Yeah. However, Riley absolutely fucking loves filling in the gaps that that Soen Huama not can't but don't don't prefer to fill in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like you've got a dynamic partnership when that happens. And only problem with that is is that he is quite young and his style of play means that you will probably need like a rest every five or six games, otherwise he will burn himself out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, th- I don't know. I think he's just moved into a new house. I think a good housewarming gift would be a, a hamster wheel, just so he can okay. burn off that excess energy that he just always has. My mm. God, the guy's running. He, he's, he's, <laughs> how does he do it? I don't understand. Like, Maybe you've cracked it. Maybe he is part hamster. They do things differently in Dumfries. <laughs> they most certainly do. Um, but yeah, I just I've I've very I've very much taken to the boy um, in a huge way. And yeah, as I say, I, I agree with you. I think our best partnership right now is So and Riley. But Juanma's too good a player to sit on the bench the whole time. He'll come back into it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Juanma has worked. Yeah. I, but again, I, I have to completely agree with you. When they play together, there's someone not playing to their strengths there. And yeah. that's, you know, we should be playing to maximise the strength of every player that we have, get the best team on the park, and yeah. And so to complete this comprehensive, like incredibly comprehensive review of our first 11 against Aberdeen <laughs> that this has turned into, yeah. Osman So oh. had a decent game. Oh, that fucking flick. Oh my word. Oh my, oh my giddy aunt. I swear <laughs> to God, I've watched that 
literally thousands, thousands upon thousands of times, just on the bus back through from Edinburgh yesterday. I just had it on repeat. It's a vine. It just kept playing. I couldn't stop looking at it. It was mesmerising. Can't take your eyes away. I swear to God, I, I don't know how he did it. It's been a while since we mentioned the uh, Hearts Argentina Twitter feeds on the on this podcast. Yes. But I've been meaning for, for weeks to mention, it kept on slipping my mind, that his uh, nickname for Osman So is Diosman So, which basically means Godman So. <laughs> <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and he, he certainly showed it there. And throughout the game, like like we say, like him just playing off of Riley's work meant he could get into the positions that he liked led the breaks well, used his pace when he could open up his legs, particularly against Ash Taylor, who, while a fine defender, is not the, the quickest, I think especially I, over the first five yards. Yeah, I, I think that's the issue. I think, to be honest with you, Aberdeen, like the two centre-halves, Taylor and Reynolds, actually, Reynolds is fast. Yeah. He covers a lot of ground, but he's probably one of the fastest in the Premier League. However, that, was, that 45 minutes was his Vietnam. He will, <laughs> he will never stop thinking about that time he came up against Osman So at Timecastle because So fucking destroyed him. It was I had to look away sometimes. It was that embarrassing for the laddie. I was like, oh god, actually. And then you looked right back because Osman So was playing. Exactly. Yeah. I t- oh, I was. A, I've got a sore neck. But um, yeah, I almost expected to look around and see Derek McInnes with a white towel. <laughs> <Just throw it in. laughs> Stop the fight! <laughs> just start the fight! No, no. It's like he'll, t- he'll take off Reynolds and just put on a white towel because he would have done oh. a fucking better job. He might have tripped over it or something. <laughs> oh, he absolutely destroyed him. His running, his strength against him as well, and like from the Aberdeen fans that I speak to Reynolds when he comes up against a physical striker a guy who's got a bit of pace but a bit of strength as well he crumbles like a soggy biscuit mm. so having covered the uh, all the most important factors of the game there was a goal ah oh, yeah <laughs> after like two minutes yeah. oh, this podcast is like 30 minutes in now <laughs> yeah, yeah no, we, 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 but god there was just so much to talk <sighs> about there how bro what a performance it was uh, what a comprehensive complete competent performance something we've been crying out for for most of the season I'll level with you listeners this podcast has been crying out for a performance like that this season <laughs> it's not as easy as we make it look um, but yeah it was oh what a performance but we were on top of them right from the start uh, we had one corner before the goal I believe uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, possibly even two corners before the goal like, we basically from kickoff got a corner we had so many corners I think by the end of the first half the corner count was like 10-1 in our favour Good lord, yeah. Um, but one of the opening corners, I think it, I think it was the second corner. Uh, Sam Nicholson, I, I think on the TV they said it was well, well structured um, sort mm-hmm. of corner routine. I, you didn't quite agree. I, I well, do no, agree. I, no, I, I, I do. Like, I'm a, well, like, I think the the I don't think the plan stretched further than stick it to the back post and try and get it back in the mixer. Yeah, I. I that's maybe where I slightly disagree because yeah. the positioning of Rossi, Riley, Ustrick was at the back post, yeah, but yeah, Rossi, yeah. Riley, and Augustine, yeah. uh, sorry, Rossi, Riley, and Patterson yeah, yeah. were all in the six yard box. And I think that's the perfect place to be for any knockdown from you know, ahead of the back post. I think they're meant to be there. Mm. It confuses the goalkeeper, it confuses the defenders, and then well, what happened? Oztürk bullied his way to that header I don't even know who he won it off of and uh, Patterson drifted off the post you, you can't know him anymore that, that is a non-person now is because Ustark has just, just erased his identity from existence <laughs> and uh, yeah Patterson he's just got that striker's instinct that we have to thank Gary Locke for <laughs> 
sure. That's, yeah, that's the reason. That's who we're thanking. Um, yeah, he drifted off and won the header near post. There was no Aberdeen players near him. Um, I think it went over Willow Flood's weird fucking head and uh, flew into the corner. And then he turned around and told the Aberdeen fans to shut the fuck up. And well, as well he might because they'd been on his back for the entire game up to that point. That entire... Just relentless abuse. Those 90 seconds. Oh, those Aberdeen fans, honestly. Um, but yeah, that set the tone for... Yeah. Uh, what was to be a, a set the tone for lots and lots of corners yes uh, lots and lots of towering headers mostly from Boise Augustine after that actually um, so he's a man possessed yeah he's possessed with neck muscles the size of a couch <laughs> yeah he was he was winning everything that was coming his way as he pretty much always does be it defensively or in an attacking sense mm. but uh, yeah good Christ he was uh, he was tremendous and we just got corner after corner after corner then Osman So did that flick. Mind that time he did that flick in the corner. Mm, yep. Lovely. I remember it. So there's uh, the kind of reason that we structured the uh, the show this way so far because there are not like other than what we picked on so far, there aren't actually that many individual moments to pick out. It was just a general picture of glorious defensive competence and uh, high tempo pressing and nice short passing as well in in, in spells. Um, it it was just really great it was like everything clicked yeah for the first time this season everything clicked yeah um i think the i think the formation has a a large uh, factor to do that as i said before it kind of allowed all like those little partnerships those little synergies mm. if you will across the pitch to uh, to spark it life but generally it was an attitude thing maybe that's because it, it's a cup game there's there's something more tangible at the end of it rather than you know just sort of playing for third or, or possibly second if Aberdeen just crumble now That's especially great. seeing how Danny Ward's had to go home <laughs> uh, he's quite good as well he's really good <laughs> yeah he is good um, do yeah. we get to keep him? no, no we don't no no he's not, not our player at all is he? no no he's not he's not no. Aberdeen's player either does <laughs> <laughs> so that mean Jamie Langfield has to play again? he plays for St Mirren man that's that's probably better from Aberdeen's perspective yeah. to be fair to be fair Aberdeen do have a quality keeper on loan at uh, Falkirk Danny Rogers yeah. Um, but I think maybe assurances were made and I'm not sure recall is actually in his contract from Falkirk so they're going to have to get Jason Brown back is, it, is that his name? <laughs> Scott, Scott Brown? I, I have fucking no idea who Aberdeen are going to play in goals Mark Brown yeah one of the Mark Browns yep maybe they'll sign Scott Gallagher <laughs> maybe yeah fuck it you're welcome Aberdeen you're welcome uh, he was released today, by the way. Hence why that's nothing. Yeah, that, hence why that's that's possible. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I think I mentioned after the Aberdeen game, uh, sorry, the Celtic game, um, that you know we played to our own strengths. Mm. Uh, we hadn't worried too much about the opposition, and that's now happened again. And I'm going to get a feel that Nielsen's got a wee hang of this whole big game thing. So, I mean, I can't think of any big games that are now coming up in the next month. Um, Certainly not. In the similar competition to the one that we've just played. I can't... No, I don't think so. We got East Kilbride, didn't we? No, no, it was the, the other lower league team that we got. Oh, uh, Annan. Uh, not quite... It was Hibs! We yeah. got Hibs! We're kill them! Oh. I mean, I hate to get, like, you know, full of hubris and things like that, but we're gonna fucking murder them! This is when we'll see the difference between me and Nickel, because I've never predicted a murdering against Hibs. <laughs> and I never fucking will, because it's done me pretty well. <laughs> so far. Uh, yeah, we got, we got them, them Hibs in that cup. Them Hibernian. Oh, yes. How many years in a row is this going to be now? 
274? 274, I believe yeah. it is, yeah. yeah. Uh, since before football was even a thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you know, uh, this, I found out a really fun fact, uh, the last time, pardon me, last time uh, Hibs won the cup, tea bags had not been invented. <laughs> That's my new favourite, I think. <laughs> But uh, either pencils. But teabagging had. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> much just, so. We yeah. just didn't know what to call it. <laughs> Actually, no. It was called teabagging, and the uh, the bags for holding tea were named after the um, public school prank. <laughs> I got you're just rewriting history here. It's great. Well, you know, that's what made the empire great, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, to get back to my previous point. That is another test. The next test, maybe a three in a row of big games for Nielsen to get it spot on because it looks like he's getting it spot on now. Yeah, which is nice. It's lovely, isn't it? And then, uh, yeah, what happened at the end of the game? Oh yeah, we forgot to to ah! on that. Oh, oh, it was delicious. Delicious tears, delicious frustration. The only thing that I've watched more than Osmond So's flick is Callum Patterson Binning Johnny Hayes after they didn't give us the ball back, and it is just fucking great. They're still scraping bits of Johnny Hayes out of section G. <laughs> I think there's a smear of him next to where Neil Lennon left a, left a mark <laughs> on the advertising hoardings. Yes, oh my god, it was just an. Ah, oh, what a tackle, what a man. I love Callum Patterson, I hope he never leaves, but, but he will. It, it, yeah, but he definitely will. Yeah. But um, it, it was just so on the card from the moment where, the, like, you know, they took an attacking throw from us. Uh, you know, knocking the ball out of play for the injury to Alexander. Uh, Ozturk. Ozturk had cramp, and Derek McInnes claimed that um, he was faking it, um, and he didn't have cramp, and that's why he gave the instruction for the ball not to be given back to Harps. Johnny Hayes was actually lining up to give it back to Alexander, uh, but then the instruction got relayed from Reynolds onwards. Uh, I saw the whole chain happen, oh. and uh, Johnny Hayes was like, mm, right, okay, and then David Goodwillie reacted. They tried to throw it to him. David Goodwillie's pish, um, and it bounced back to Johnny Hayes, and I, I honestly, like, I, I pretty much saw it from the moment that Johnny Hayes looked like he wasn't going to give us the ball back. Callum Patterson was just... Well, I, when the normally calm, considered Callum Patterson, <laughs> he, takes, he takes slights like this in his stride Absolutely. humour. Yeah, he's such a happy-go-lucky guy. Um, yeah, I could just see him waiting for the mm. perfect opportunity to just smash Hayes against whatever surface there was available. And I like the fact the referee went, that's completely fair play. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I'll give you a yellow, mate, but that's just because someone's watching for me in this time. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, oh, it was just beautiful. And it's the fact that not even any Aberdeen players went up to Patterson after to say, what are you doing, mate? They just mm-hmm. went, nah, I kind of deserve that. Yeah. I mean, um, it, 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 to I be fair th- to Derek McInnes, I mean, he oh. is both uh, a fully trained medical doctor, psychic, and uh, able to make diagnoses from uh, 50 or 60 yards. So, you know, I mean, he if he says Ustrup was faking, then it's absolutely correct. Yeah, totally, totally, yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's, it's completely unreasonable to think a player that's played one full 90 minutes in the last six months might be cramping up at the end of yeah. a high-intensity game. Imagine that. It's just stupid. It's just theft. Does not happen. Nope, absolutely not. And uh, his tears and stutters, which he heard from the man himself at the start of the show, mm-hmm. uh, has pretty much just sustained me for the past two days. I just consistently read his post-match report, um, interviews and think, God, I'm so happy that you are not the manager or a representative of Hart and Bolian Football Club because I fucking hate you, you half-bagged, <laughs> half-baked wank bag. And so we turn to songs. Songs. And... Th- well, there was many candidates this week, but one man who, who stands shining, clear and tall, 
because uh, for the for the many things that he accomplished on the pitch, um, lots of attacking intent, lots of defensive solidity. I mean, he scored a goal, but most importantly, he fucking killed Johnny Hayes. <laughs> and and for that reason, and that reason, chief among many, yep. Callum Patterson, step forward and take your tunes. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling, Robert? Do you want to be first or second this week? It's really up to yourself, man. Uh, okay, I will attempt to go first. Okay. I've uh, I've gone high tariff with this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> I like sea pets and I cannot lie. You other ballers can't deny. When Aberdeen control the throw and Johnny Hayes receives the ball, he gets done. And Calm gets tough, because he notices that cunts are worse and Derek McKinnis starts greeting, because the pirate hurt his feelings. Oh, Callum, go rampage and claim another victim. So Jambos, yeah, Jambos, yeah, is your right back scoring tons? Hell yeah. So tell him to snap that, snap that, snap that, snap that, snap that, dandy scum. See, pats it right back. <laughs> Fucking hell, there's not even any point. <laughs> any point in me attempting this. That was fucking, that's fridgy levels of good. Oh, thank you, man. That's high praise indeed. That is fridgy levels of good. Good lord, sir. I'm just going to shake your hand at shit for the radio, but my god. Thank you. Thank you very much. Right, okay, well. See Pat's that right back, though. <laughs> Here's my horrendous attempt <laughs> at a song. Punctured haze is left on the left wing desolate. When Callum scored, McKinn is just wet. He's got a shite moustache. It's Patterson. His tackles are fulsome. He's almost too handsome to play. Na 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 na. It's Patterson. Wah! A pumped up ball of rage, he never knew his place He played up front or wing But now he plays right back these days It's right back where he destroyed Hayes He fucking flattened that cunt Hayes <laughs> Bit of a Smith for you there yeah, it was lovely, thank you very much No man. problem man, nothing on yours No <laughs> I should have gone first <laughs> Oh, oh, I've won again. Is that two in a row? That's two in a row for you, man. Okay, then there. Yeah, if only we did some sort of tally over a season to see who won nothing. That's absolutely not happening. Nope, nope. Uh, but, you know, I'm hitting form just at the same time as Hearts. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's working well. Okay, uh, yeah, um, we'll be back next week, hopefully with guests. Yes. Hopefully something will happen. Yep. Um, in the meantime, if you want to find us, do it on Twitter. We're all over Twitter. Yeah, we're at We Have No Cares. That's where we are. I'm also at RF Borthwick if yeah, you want to. Yeah, where am I? Uh, you're at Nicol Hay. That's correct. Yep. Uh, we've got an email address, we have no cares at gmail.com. We have a Tumblr, which is we have no cares.tumblr.com. And we have. Uh, what else have we got? Lives no. outside of football, I suppose. No cares, I suppose. <laughs> well, also those. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was an enjoyable day on Saturday wasn't it it's yeah. going to be an enjoyable day on the 7th probably of February yeah sh sure that day yeah 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 yeah. and uh, in the meantime Steve Crawford Steve Crawford I'm gonna knock you out mama said knock you out arriving at the scene